Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. On this episode, I will break down the process of arrow tuning. All right, hello everyone and welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. So yeah, what is arrow tuning and why do you need to do it? So arrow tuning essentially is testing different components with your arrow to try to get it to shoot the best out of your bow setup. Ultimately to get it to shoot more accurately and more efficiently. Now certainly is it necessary to arrow tune? No. You can most certainly go to any bow shop or outdoor store, grab whatever arrows are on the shelf, get them cut to your length, and go hunting with them. But if you want to get the best arrow flight out of your bow, these are some steps that you want to take or would make, might want to consider taking. You know, basically the way I look at it is, you know, there's so many variables involved in executing a good shot with a bow. There's pretty much, I guess, really two main camps that I really look at. Is there, There's the mechanical aspect to it and the human aspect. Now, the human aspect, you can adjust to and utilize, you know, basically practice and become more efficient or, more, or become a better archer, essentially. But there's always going to be a little bit of variance. There's going to be a little bit of human error or variance involved uh, with your shot process. You know, we're not a machine. We can't always execute a perfect shot every single time. So there'll be some inaccuracies uh, when you shoot because of, because of that. And then with the mechanical aspect of it, then, you know, those are the things that be much more consistent and you can control those variables more. So, you know, basically it's, you know, how well your, your bow shoots. Um, so if you have shot it mechanically through like a hooter shooter or something like that, you know, how good can the bow shoot eliminating that human element and that's what arrow tuning helps to nail down a little bit to make sure that that bow on the mechanical side is shooting the best it can but before we really get into the process of or at least a process that i use uh, arrow tuning i do want to highlight a pretty big event that's coming up here next month it's the total archery challenge so these are pretty big um, and pretty well promoted uh, 3D archery shoots. Uh, They have them across the country quite a bit out west but then they do have some events you know further here in the midwest and east. So and they're actually bringing one again this year to Michigan. It will be June 10th through the 12th and it's at Crystal Mountain Resort in Thompsonville uh, here in Michigan. So I like the fact that it's in Thompsonville you know, it's basically kind of my old, you know, area where I grew up um, and I actually don't live that far away from it. So I won't even have to worry about doing any, you know, getting a hotel or staying there at the resort. I can always drive home after the after the shoot. So I am most definitely going to be there. So if you're interested or in the area, I certainly encourage you to come by, bring your bow or even you can just come and observe and just enjoy the activities there. You know, if you haven't done a 3d shoot like this before they're an absolute blast you know it's not really so much a competition i'm sure there will be some prizes and stuff like that and some different challenges that they'll have where you can potentially win stuff but it's really just an opportunity to go out 
you know, bring some friends along or meet new people out there, shoot your bows and challenge yourself a little bit. And then another uh, thing I want to highlight here is Northern Whitetail Habitat Solutions. Um, if you remember that name, you know, I had had uh, Derek on, who's the owner. He does Habitat Improvement Consultant. Well, he's actually doing a Michigan Whitetail Hunt giveaway. So basically what he's offering is a three-day hunt with his team. And to be able to enter for that, for that hunt, follow them on Facebook at Northern Whitetail Habitat. Follow them on Instagram and share what your favorite uh, hunting memory is. All right, and then next we're going to take a jump over to the Conservation News Desk. All right, so the first story I have here is about avian influenza or commonly called bird flu. So it was so bird flu was found in three red foxes uh, here in the state. So these foxes or these red foxes were kits or baby foxes. And when they were first found, they were found to have neurologic signs of the virus. So they were, they were observed basically going in circles. They were, they were having tremors and they were seizuring. So upon intake or trying to, or once they brought those to a rehabilitation center, two of them died within the first hour and the third died shortly after. So bird flu, as it sounds, affects all sorts of different birds, both wild and domestic, and it's very and it's highly contagious um, throughout the bird species. So, both waterfowl, domestic birds, and wild birds alike. And actually, in Michigan, for the years so far, there's been 69 confirmed cases, with the outbreak continuing to spread throughout North America. So, a lot of biologists, a lot of scientists are keeping an eye on it, noticing a, an increase in the amount of cases throughout the course or throughout the country. Now, certainly, you know, the case with these foxes is not the first time that they have heard of foxes um, becoming infected with this virus. Now, for the foxes, uh, from this story, you know, it was suspected that they had eaten uh, some infected birds and became infected that way. So with this finding, the DNR is asking that if, that if anyone observes what appears to be unusual or unexpected deaths among wild birds or neurologically abnormal or dead foxes to report the information to the DNR Wildlife Disease Laboratory, to a local DNR field office, or the DNR Eyes in the Field app. So they are highly encouraging you to report any of those findings um, so they can follow up with it and track if there's any more cases of, you know, increased cases of birds being affected or affecting other animals. So, and the DNR always encourages that the public to continue sharing such wildlife observations. So even if the DNR is unable to actually come out and, res and respond to the call, they do, they do encourage that you, you know, give them a call, file a report, you know, basically you help become their eyes and ears out in the field you know, they have only so many employees, so many biologists available, so many field staff. So anything that us out enjoying the outdoors, the outdoors men and women within the state and across the country even, you know, 
we can help report lots of different things when it comes to sightings or anything that the DNR you know may not have observed on their own uh, without our help. Next, uh, for here in Michigan, the 2022 fur harvester licenses are now available. So they're available now from from May 1st through April 30th of 2023. Now, if you're also looking to get a bobcat, bobcat, otter, fisher, or martin tag, those are also available, but you do have to purchase those separately, and those are now available as well. So that's it for the update from the Conservation News Desk. So let's get into the subject matter at hand. All right, so yeah, we're talking arrow tuning. Again, as I kind of explained in the intro a little bit earlier, you know, this is a step that you don't necessarily have to take, but if you're looking to get a little bit more out of your arrows, out of your bow setup, then this is, you know, something that you may want to take the time and effort into. It just becomes, you know, these extra steps just help you become a little bit better archer, you know, ultimately making it to where your bow shooting the absolute best it can, um, at least within, you know, your capabilities of being able to make adjustments to it. So before we really get into, you know, adjusting or making changes to the different components and setups of your arrow, to do, to do this process, your bow must be in tune. So whether you know how to tune your bow yourself or if you take it to a bow shop and have them make sure that that bow is shooting within specs. So what you'll often hear is that, is that the bow is set up with, at its center shot. You know, basically what that is, is that you have your bow and your arrow rest basically in line and your bowstring when you release the arrow is driving in a straight line, it's not waving back and forth, um, basically out of tune, causing movement of that bowstring, which will cause movement of your arrow as it re releases from the, from the bow. So again, if you know how to do it yourself, great. If not, take it to your bow shop, have them get your bow in tune and make sure it's all tuned up, ready to go for you. So there are several steps involved in, in this process. And there's some additional supplies that you'll want to get maybe ahead of time before you start this process. That way you're not getting held up, um, waiting on different, different components that you're going to be potentially changing out. And then with this process too, you don't necessarily have to do all these steps. You know, there's really three main different steps, um, or parts of this process and you can complete, you know, one of them, a couple of them or all of them, um, and you will get still improvement of your arrow flight. So let's get into that process. So you have your arrow picked out and you've purchased it. You've got it cut to the correct length. You've made sure that your, that your spine is set correctly for your bow poundage and draw length. Now with this, the best way to do it is if you get a arrow that's a bare shaft and doesn't already have fletchings attached to it. Now, if you have arrows that are already uh, fletched, then at this point, I'm gonna tell you that you're gonna wanna strip those veins off or strip that fletching off because you wanna do this first step with an arrow shaft that doesn't have any fletchings on it. You know, basically again, like, like I discussed um, in selecting the right arrow, those fletchings, you know, are designed to help, you know, control that arrow flight and adjust it. We basically want to break it down to trying to get just the arrow flight without any additional, you know, influence, at least at this point. So you've got your, your bear shaft arrow. Now, 
you'll have your your knocking plays and your inserts now now with your inserts you can do a couple different things you can just go ahead and install your standard inserts if that's what you purchase or if you've gone with an aftermarket now you might go with an aftermarket if you're looking at increasing your foc or front of center or if you're looking for additional arrow weight yeah, typically those aftermarkets are going to be a heavier metal so a standard insert is going to be aluminum some of these and then these, some of these aftermarket ones or additional ones that you can purchase will either be brass steel whatnot so a heavier denser metal to increase the basically the weight and strength of that of that insert so you have your insert installed one thing you'll want to have um, as part of the supplies that you'll want to have is some type of field point test kit now what this test kit is is essentially a pack of different weighted points so typically they run from you know starting at 100 grains up to 300 or 400 somewhere in there and they'll have a variation of different sizes in between so again you can purchase those through a couple different companies one that i might recommend is going with uh, vantage point archery with that company uh, again they make array of fixed blade broadheads and they also have a kit um, that has those different sizes available so what you'll do then is screw in each of one or one of each of those different weighted points into each of your arrows now the next part of the setup will be is that you want to get your target set up and you want it essentially set up close to eye level you want to be shooting level at your target because uh, basically what we're doing is checking to see how the arrow impacts that target so you want to set it up to where you're basically straight and shooting straight across or straight at your target not pointed down or not pointing up at it now this process can also be done shooting through paper now so essentially shooting through paper is you have a target behind and you have a piece of paper in front of the target and you shoot through the paper and basically you're looking at is that arrow flying straight through the paper basically creating a bullet hole or a single little little dot hole or is it tearing because the arrow is flying through that paper you know kind of crooked or sideways or angled one way or the other where it creates a tear more than just like a little bullet hole so either or you can do either one now again most people aren't going to be set up to be able to shoot through paper or they may not have the time or want to go to the bow shop to try to do it that way so if you have your own standard target you can do that as well so what you're going to do is now that you've got your target set up or your paper set up you want to stand somewhere between seven to ten yards away from it and basically you're just going to shoot each of those arrows into the target now what you're looking for is you know as you go up to that target you'll see that some of the some of the arrows are more square with the target than others so i guess one thing i forgot to mention is that you do want to stand essentially you know straight in front of the, the target and have the target facing straight at you so what you're looking at is how are those arrows impacting that target and basically you're going to look at which weighted tip gave you the arrow that hit the target the straightest or didn't have any variation on or it's like not angled or anything like that either up or down or side to side now you may even want to do it a couple times through to really get a good feel of it and again the one thing that's very important is that with each of these arrows you need to make sure you execute a good shot so if you 
if you pulled the shot or if you know that you didn't make a good shot, at least execution wise, then you're going to want to pull that arrow and give it another shot. So you want to make sure that you feel confident that you've made a good shot. That way you're just looking at the arrow performance and trying to eliminate as much of that human error as possible. So one thing that you may notice is that you may have multiple you know, point weights that all seem to be performing about the same. So that of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. That gives you some options of different point ways that you can use. So that gives you another option, especially when it comes to picking a broadhead. So you know that, you know, your your bow, you know, likes to shoot the arrow, you know, basically with this type of, you know, point weight, and it gives you some options. So now that you've pinpointed the point weight that performed best, or even if it did have a, a group of you know, points that all seem to perform really well, then you get to pick on which one you want to go with. At that point, pick whichever weight you want to go with to the next step. Install that point into all your arrows. And this next part of the process is called knock tuning. So again, if you listen back to the selecting arrows episode, I talked about how, especially with the carbon arrows, that you'll have some inconsistencies in that carbon throughout the arrow. Now this is where that matters. So your bow will have essentially, so there'll be a position of that knock based on where that, that inconsistency is of that arrow that's gonna fly out of your bow your best, or the best. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna either mark or have a reference point, the position of your knock in regards to, in regards to your arrow. So you can either mark it, mark your knock, the top part of the knock, and then also make a mark on your arrow or use a reference point on some of the decals or markings on the arrow itself as your reference point. What you're gonna do is take a single arrow, you're gonna shoot that arrow into your target again, or again, you can shoot it through paper. And you're gonna observe and make note of how that arrow landed. So again, you're probably gonna notice that it's still gonna have a lean one way or the other or tilt up or tilt down it may not be shooting perfectly straight. So you're gonna make note of it, so you either take picture of it or just make a mental note of how that arrow, you know, either went through the paper or landed in your target. Then what you're gonna do is take that knock and turn it 90 degrees. Now again, you can pick whichever direction you wanna turn it, but turn it 90 degrees, turn that mark on your knock up, facing up again, knock your arrow, take another shot. Again, you're going to like take a look at it either through the paper or on your target and you're going to make note again of how that arrow flight was. Now, it may look worse than the first shot or it may appear better or at least hit the target straighter or go through the paper better. And you're going to do this all the way around the arrow. Or what you're looking for is where you know where that knock positioned um, as it gets spun around that arrow ended up basically shooting the best or giving you the straightest arrow flight. And then once you've determined that location, that your arrow flight is the best, again, you're gonna keep that mark on the top of that knock and also mark again on your arrow where that, where that ideal knock position is so you don't lose track of where that spot is. Now you're gonna to wanna to do this process or, or this part of the knock tuning with every single arrow that you're gonna shoot. And you'll notice that it's gonna be a little different 
on many of those arrows. So again, this is kind of time consuming, but to get the best arrow flight, this is a, just a one more step that you can take to ensure that. And then the next part is then is picking a vein configuration. So now we're at the point where we can glue back on some fletchings or veins. And what we're gonna do then is kind of pick between several different options and again, what made the arrow fly the best. Now at this point, I do recommend that you do this step using your broadheads. Now again, it's gonna, you're gonna tear up your target, um, especially depending on how many shots you end up taking doing this. But if you do it with your field points and then you go to try and then you set up, you know, the with the, the fletching configuration that worked best shooting a field point and then all of a sudden you screw on a broadhead, that may fly completely different or it may not fly as it did using a field point. So it just saves you a little bit of work. You know, I, I did this a couple years back where I found a configuration that worked really good using field points, screwed my broadheads on just to see how it worked and it didn't. You know, basically I was having a nice tight group with my field points. As soon as I screw my broadheads on, then my shot group opened way up. It was very inconsistent. So then I ended up changing up that configuration and then I was able to find a configuration that worked best for the, my choice of broadhead. So again, for this process, you know, if you have your own fletching jig, you can do it yourself or you're gonna have to take a few arrows to the bow shop and have them do this for you. Now, what you're gonna do is basically do, you know, two to three arrows in each different combination. So you may have, you know, two to three arrows with uh, a three vein option. You may have a few arrows, you know, two to three with a four fletch or four veins on it. You may go with a low profile or a very short vein, or you may even use a bigger vein like the blazer veins that are, they're, you know, again, quite common or quite popular. You know, you can kind of pick whatever combination you want to test with and you could go, you know, you can have three different arrow or fletching configurations, or you could go all the way up to have seven, eight, nine, ten, however creative you want to get with it. And then you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take your target and you're going to try shooting uh, each of those configurations with your broadhead attached. And a couple of things that you're going to be trying to observe, you're going to observe the arrow flight. So, you know, again, depending on you know, the distance that you're shooting at, you'll be able to see that more clearly. So longer distances, you'll be able to see that arrow flight, give a little bit more time to be able to see how that arrow's flying throughout or through the air. Now you may notice right away that there might be some where the arrow's kicking and flopping all over the place, flying through the air. And that may be an indication that that's not a good combination. So I guess I need to pause here because I, I did forget to specify one additional thing to make sure that you're being accurate with this. You're gonna wanna make sure that you pick a time that is not real windy for this, for any of these processes. That cross breeze or a strong breeze or something like that could make it a little bit more difficult to make sure you're being consistent um, in figuring out all these steps and all these correct components. So that's one caveat I forgot to really talk about in the beginning, but that is one thing that is key. And then getting back to what you're observing with that arrow, you know, so you're looking at the arrow flight, does it seem to be flying straight and not be wobbling through the air? And then also you're taking a look at your groups. So are your, are your arrows grouped together? So if you have leg veins, you know, grouping in a very tight spot, 
you'll find that's probably some other ones are going to be much wider spread out more and then another thing that you take a look at too is your point of impact versus your point of aim so if you're aiming for the center of the target and you know all those arrows are landing you know low into the right or high into the left or whatever just make note of that too you know as long as but really the more important thing is the arrow flight and the, the grouping size so you're going to do this and again depending on how long it takes you might have to do several volleys of going through those to really determine which one's kind of flying the best pick from different distances as well you know do a few shots or do a volley of all those arrows up close go back you know 10 20 yards do it again and see if you notice much difference again as you back up those variances are going to be shown exponentially as well so maybe backing up as long as you're comfortable with that further distances you know shoot at that farther distance and you'll be able to see those variances you know highlighted a little bit more and again you're going to do that until you really are able to pinpoint a vein configuration that your arrows are flying the best and have the best grouping or the smallest you know space in between any of those arrows and at that point you've you've picked you know basically the configuration that really works best for your arrow now there are some other things um you know if you're still you know not not quite on point then you can always you know tinker and test a little bit more if you wanted to but ultimately this is really the process that I go through. So going through it, you've got the best point weight that your arrow flies the best with. You've adjusted the knock position to also increase you know, arrow efficiency by, it, by allowing it to fly a little bit straighter yet. And then you pick the vein configuration that helps control those broad heads and helps steer them the best. And that's pretty much it for this process. So. You basically take the best combination of all those steps and now you can build your arrows all with that same setup and again if you ended up with you know multiple point weights then you do have some flexibility to be able to you know adjust the different types of broadheads again now again if you are changing the size or shape of the broadhead then you may want to double check your veins configurations to make sure they're flying right you know i ended up having that happen where just as recently or just this year really i've changed out to a new broadhead it's a very big heavy three blade broadhead and i had previously uh, used smaller two blade or a smaller three blade broadhead and i had a much smaller low profile vein that worked really well for them i tried shooting this larger broadhead with it and it was very inconsistent you know that that broadhead you know wasn't flying as good due to those veins not being you know big enough or having enough drag to help control that front end of that broadhead with that larger profile it had so this year i've had to change out my vein configuration to one that's a little bit bigger has a little bit more drag to help control that larger broadhead now certainly if i wanted to i could go back down to a smaller broadhead and go back down to again smaller veins not needing as much of basically that rudder to help control it but again so once you've got your but once you've got your your setup you know do make sure that you take note of you know those specs for that arrow and what your bow really like to shoot because if you make any changes going forward so if you change to a different arrow 
different broadhead. If you want to change your veins, then you have a basically a baseline of kind of what what you started out with, what shot well, and then if you make any changes, you can always reference back to it to see if it was an improvement or if you need to make any additional changes. But that's it essentially. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to take those extra steps and go through and take forth the effort to, you know, fine tune your arrows to help. Again, I'm a firm believer that doing these steps will help make you a better archer in regards to, you know, helping keep those group sizes smaller by giving yourself more of a mechanical advantage. Because of course, there's only so much we can do on the human element side. So by eliminating some additional variables to help help narrow that margin of error, all the better. But yeah, so that's it for this episode. Hope you got something out of it. And as always, get out there, be safe, and have fun.